0: Good, eve- good evening, everyone. I hope that you've enjoyed your day today. You have a little bit of a holiday spirit. Um, I felt very uh, grateful to be able to join this uh, wonderful community during our lunchtime meal It was so beautifully offered. Everything was just beautifully displayed and offered. And the food just really tasted very good to me. I hope it did to you as well. Um, I found that it was a very nourishing experience. I felt very nourished by um, what was offered today. And I think that um, really what our, our intention here at Spirit Rock is, is this... Nourishment to nourish us, you no. Know, and even if, if for some of us maybe this day, this um, the significance of this day, uh, has also a tinge of uh, sadness or difficulty. And certainly, if we uh, go into the history of the of the holiday, there's some um, uh, some things that are very challenging for us. There. Um, and some people don't relate so much to this day, you know, whether you're from other um, cultures or places. And you know, a lot of people have uh, family memories that are difficult. But you know, all of that is, um, we hold all of that. We hold all of that too in, in our heart and with uh, kindness and uh, finding, finding that place of nourishment. We've been speaking about, Tanisra and Kirisaro have been talking about this um, great return. This great return, or what I've been reflecting on is uh, this great turning. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's so much of what this practice is about, is this uh, return, or this turning, turning the mind... Turning the mind back to its uh, its goodness, its wholesomeness, its its purity, its the source of the source of our being. You know this returning, and so whether things are difficult or um, joyful, we want it just keeps returning back to the source, you know, to sometimes we call it to the emptiness today. We had this beautiful ceremony and celebration, but where is it now? You know? It's like we can't, we can't hold on to it. We have a memory of it, you know, whether it's uh, pleasant or unpleasant, you know, depending on our associations. But it's not what it was. It, it doesn't have any substance to it now. It's, it's gone back, you know like Jack Kornfield used to say, you know, back with Alexander the Great, you know, back with the dinosaurs. It's not just like back a few hours ago, you know, it's gone, you know, gone, gone, gone beyond. Mm-hmm. So this, this returning, you know, returning back, returning, we do this in the morning, you know, this with Quan uh, with Yin bowing, opening our hands, returning letting go, so that we're not, we're not holding on too tightly to anything. So this, so this practice is one way of summing it up, you know, returning to the, to the good, returning to the positive or the wholesome, to the purity, you know, um, that which is, that which is good within our own heart, within within our own mind. And we don't do that out of any kind of denial or suppression or pretense of of some of the challenges and the difficulties in our experience. But we do that because when we return, we can uh, hold things, we can see things in a larger wave, in a larger view, a larger perspective. We're not caught in our limitations, in the narrowness of our vision. But we let go and we open and we can see the totality. We can see the whole, which includes everything, with nothing left out, nothing left out. So when we return, it's not any kind of a, uh, it's not even a preference for the good, a preference for the, for the wholesome. But it's, a, it's what allows us to stand on the ground of clear seeing, the ground of awareness, the ground of open-heartedness, where we can actually then see the truth of things. So we let go and we return, returning to the source. Joanna Macy, one of our great elders and our uh, wonderful uh, scholar and social activist, she says it's this which gives us psychological buoyancy. You know, she speaks about this, this uh, the, the returning back to the heart, to the resources of the heart, and the goodness of our being as that which gives us the resources to, to be in the world, to meet the challenges, to meet the difficulties. It's what gives us the buoyancy in our mind. So when our when our mind is not bound up in our greed and our hatred and our confusion in a way that that just narrows the mind, contracts the mind, and causes these uh, the pain, the pain and the suffering. When we begin to be able to let go and return, so open our hands and let go, we're 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 standing on firm ground again so that we can move forward. And tonight I want, to, I want to talk more about gratitude. This is the day, right? This is the day for gratitude. You know, when we, uh, Thanksgiving Day, we, we give thanks. We, we give thanksgiving, uh, giving thanks for the, for the abundance, for the good things that we have in our life. I want to speak a little bit more about this tonight because this gratitude is a quality of the joyful heart. It's a, it's a quality of joy. And so when we're, when we're returning and letting go of these um, patterns of greed and hatred and confusion and the heart opens, the heart begins to feel some joy, joyfulness, a sukha, the piti, and gratitude is one of the expressions of that joy that comes forth naturally with an open heart and a relaxed mind. And it's it's an effortless, it's an effortless expression that that comes uh, naturally when when we open, when we let go. And I've been recognizing this a lot in people these days, and just where the gratitude just seems to be so easily accept, accessible. And so many people that I know, even in the midst of these very difficult times, you know, perhaps maybe even the challenges um, wake us up even more to to uh, the good things that we do have in our life, the ways that we do feel privileged and grateful. You know, they kind of, they kind of work together, they play together. The Pali word, if I... Uh, katanuta, is it katanuta? Kata-nyuta. K- katanyuta. I have my expert sitting next to me. K- katanyuta, katanyuta. And as we've been doing, looking at these uh, Pali words, the kata is that which has been done that which has been done. Tanisara was talking about this the other day. Yeah. And the anyuta is the knowing or the recognizing of that which has been done. And in this case of the gratitude, it's that which has been done that has benefited us, that has helped us, that has uh, supported us to grow and to develop. To be, more, to be more of all that we can be. And, and so we, we feel grateful, but it's not just, just a feeling. Gratitude isn't just a feeling, because it has a, a, a knowledge in it. It has the knowing in it. It actually has the knowing of that which has been done, the kindnesses and, and the deeds that have been offered to us. And so and so it's this wis- there's a wisdom of the knowing in the in the open-heartedness and then the remembering with a real quality of remembering those deeds that have been done the kindnesses that have been done and recognizing those and then reflecting so there's a quality of a wise reflection where the wisdom comes in, the, 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 and, the, and the, the sukha, the pleasant feeling in the reflective quality of this gratitude. In one of the uh, uh, Buddhist sutras, the Buddha says, these two people are hard to find in the world. Which two? The one who is first to do a kindness and the one who is grateful for a kindness done. These two people are hard to find in the world, right? So they go together. Kindnesses need to be done or happen and then the heart opens in the gratitude for that kindness. When I was reflecting on this and um, offering this this talk tonight, i was what what came to mind was one of the people who I think is is one of the most grateful people that I know, and that's my mother these days. Um, my mother is ninety one. I'm really grateful that she's still alive. and um, three years ago, when she was eighty eight, she uh, was living in Florida in a condominium with a companion, with a, a man who she was with for 10, 10 years or so. And they had a very active life. She was um, you know, doing very well, healthy, exercising. In fact, she would walk 5, sometimes 10 miles a day um, on the on the resi- in the residential area of the, you know where there's a lot of traffic and cars, but she really stayed very active, and then she started developing um, onset Parkinson's, where she wasn't able to walk very well anymore. She wasn't able the 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 nerves aren't sending uh, the messages to the feet, and so even though she wanted to walk, she couldn't walk, and so things started kind of going downhill from there. And um, she wasn't able to really stay in the condo anymore with her companion. So we, we moved her, and um, she first stayed in a place for a, a, a year that wasn't very good for her. Um, her partner died uh, in the meantime and in that one year, and she just kind of, she wasn't getting the nourishment. She wasn't getting the support. She wasn't really getting the care. And I lived here, so I, I wasn't um, able to stay very, very close to her in Florida. So I was just really getting that it was not good. And I could see when I went there that she was really starting to, to fail. She was losing her um, will to live just because it was a, not a, a very caring situation for her. And so I um, decided that she had to leave there, and I had to do somewhat of a, what I call an intervention, because um, there were some family issues around that, and I decided that she needed to be in a place that really was supportive for her at this time in her life, and I was able to bring her out to Los Angeles, where my sister lives, and uh, she put her into a an assisted living facility that's really, really good for her, and she has her own room, and she's pretty independent there with very good care. And I spent the, this was a year and a half ago, and I spent the first three nights sleeping on the floor in her little room in her facility, and just making sure she was okay, you know, it was like taking your child to the kindergarten, you know, you have to, you know, make sure everything's okay, it was a new environment, and... And um, the first night that I, um, you know, I had the honor of kind of tucking her into bed, and um, she looked up at me, and she just was so bright. She was so happy. And she just looked at me, and she said, Sharda, she said, you know, I, I was ready to die. She said, I thought, you know, I lived long enough, and I had a good enough life, and now, now it's over, and I can die now. But she said, now I want to live till I'm 100. <laughs> and she was just so, like, full of life. She was so excited. She was so happy that she was moved out of that uh, situation, that she really was going downhill, and she just came alive. And um, she walked in to breakfast the next morning and, you know, this just isn't done. You know, everybody's, you know, there's about 45 to 50 people in the dining room and they're all, you know, elderly and very quiet. And she walks in and says, Hello! You know, <laughs> good morning! <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. And it was like, Whoa! Who's... This? <laughs> who's this? <laughs> and I've I've been able to really... Uh, go down there and care for her and um, spend time with her, and it's just been this really beautiful year and a half of kind of um, uh, watching her come back into life, and every time I see her she's so filled with gratitude. She can't, she's almost in tears every time I see her. Just so much thankfulness for me and my sister who's nearby and taking care of her, and just her heart is just fully open now, in uh, in this kind of renewed life, and about two months ago, um, she met a man, <laughs> and they fell in love. And uh, two weeks ago, I was at her wedding. <laughs> And they decided they needed to get married, and um, they're moving in together, and, you know, it's just like, it's, it's a little hard for me to get my head around all of <laughs> You know, and I, I, was just, I was just speaking to my um, friend uh, just a little bit earlier, and um, who I hadn't talked to a little while, and I said, oh, you know, my mom just, how's your mom? My mom just got married. And he said, I thought a year Ago, you were going there because she was failing, (laughs) and it's really this wonderful, very joyous um, story. Now, you know, is ninety-one years old, and he's eighty-six, and (laughs) she got a younger man, and and you know, it's just this—you don't you don't know, you know this—you know, it's just this uh, this kindness. I felt, you know, this kind she she gave me life. You know, she gave me life. We were speaking about that. Karisara was talking about that. our parents give us life. My mother gave me life. And I feel in some way, you know, I'm, I'm returning that. Because she, she really was ready to die. And I feel she probably would have. That's why I, I could see that she had a lot of life force left in her. And I was right. And she's uh, pretty happy right now. She's really enjoying herself. So, this kindness, you know, just returning these kindnesses, and then what happens in response to that, how the heart gets moved, how the heart gets touched by that. This quote from Albert Einstein, who really was one of the avatars of of our time, he says, There are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. And I think about that with my mother. I do think it's a miracle. I do, I do think the whole thing, the fact that she even... Uh, we found a good facility for her, that her life came back, she's doing so well. And it's a miracle. It just feels that way to me. And, and yet we don't... it doesn't have to be something uh, quite like that for us to feel and sense the miracle. Of life, the miracle of situations and circumstances. Because it um, always can be otherwise, but it just depends really how we're... Emerson said, what's life but an angle of vision? Just how are we looking at it at any given moment? How are we looking at What's here? It's not like we're, we have to make the good things up. It's not like we have to search very far. And that's one of the wonderful things about retreat, is that we're really invited just to look right in front of us and see what's here. Because the mind so easily goes to what's difficult, what's painful... And yet, we can just really turn this great turning, this great return. We can look a different way. And perhaps we can see something that we hadn't really seen before. There's this poem by Jane Kenyon called Otherwise. I got out of bed on two strong legs. It might have been otherwise. I ate cereal sweet milk, ripe, flawless peach. It might have been otherwise. I took the dog uphill to the birch wood. All morning I did the work I love. At noon I lay down with my mate. It might have been otherwise. We ate dinner together at a table with silver candlesticks. It might have been otherwise. I slept in a bed in a room with paintings on the wall and planned another day just like this day. But one day, I know, it will be otherwise." I really like that poem. It really touches me, you know, just that how close, you know, how close this anicca, this this change, this how things can just turn. And, and yet at the same time, really appreciating and feel great, feeling gratitude for what's here. This, these simple things, the simple things that we do t- often take for granted. You know, like two strong legs, if we have two strong legs. My mother doesn't have two strong legs now. You know, or ears that we can hear. And knows we can smell or you could taste, we still can taste things and feel things, you know we can, we can feel grateful for that. A friend of mine, another friend of mine, um, David Borglam, uh was, uh, died, died the, this, um few, few months ago. And um, David is a man who's been sitting retreats with us for probably um, 30 years, old-time practitioner in his 60s with a family. And um, he came on retreat here in July with... uh, I was teaching a retreat, and Joseph Goldstein and some other teachers were teaching. And he sat uh, 20 days of retreat. He had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And... um, just a few months before that, he died within six months of the diagnosis. But when he came to retreat, he looked really, really sick, really sickly. And, um, and he wanted to sit, he wanted to sit retreat. It really was important to him. And he thought, he was still feeling very optimistic that he could really maybe go into remission and things could turn around. But he, uh, he did die a couple of months ago, and he um, was working with a, a Living Dying Project volunteer, uh, somebody else who's a, a long-time practitioner, who was uh, looking after him in his last days of his life. And um, he, uh, David let him see his journal, some of the journals that he was writing. And I wanted to, it was posted, and I wanted to read uh, some of the things that David was writing. Um, uh, just, you know, in the, that last months of his, of his life. He says, I don't know, death could be nearby, but my life energy has not abated much. Uh, while my health remains very precarious and it's been a tough couple of weeks pain-wise, my spirit has never been more free. I'm learning to laugh and sing in a whole new way. In some strange way, having cancer and so many experiences around it has opened my heart. It's not only that I'm reading funny times more and trying to laugh intentionally, but not infrequently I find myself giggling like an embarrassed 10-year-old at life itself, or just twinkling with my eyes with the people around me. Miracles abound, feeling the brisk fall evenings and the warmth of sunny afternoons snuggling up with my beloved watching desperate housewives hanging out with friends as long as my energy holds up why did i spend so much time working and so little time enjoying friends before i'm amazed at all the love the univ- i'm amazed at all the love in the universe pouring into me daily especially through the prayers and loving wishes of numerous others, rides, friendships, gifts, calls, and unbelievably now meals for the family coming two or three times a week from from the church. So many incredible friends, church members, healers. How fitting that David means beloved. You just, it's just pouring, you know, the, the, the heart. His heart is so open and just pouring in all this gratitude and love. He says, I'm not nearly as afraid of dying these days. I'd like to live for several, several years, not so much out of the fear of death, but more out of love of the precious life I have been given and the joy I feel Daily as I awake to greet the new morning, how can I keep from singing? Blessed be You know, and we we have these we have these ideas, you know, about what it would be like to be sick and to be in pain and dying and yet we don't we don't know. We don't know. You know, it's it may be that our heart just opens to this kind of Love and joy and gratitude, and then just the night before he died, he was with his um, uh, uh, volunteer, Doug, and Doug was asking him a question like, "You know, what is what is this experience?" They didn't know he was going to die the next day, Uh, but what what has been your experience with cancer? And David said to Doug, "He said, I've been going through a lot of ups and downs." Obviously, I've been feeling that, that all of this has been a little mo- a bit more intense of late, especially over the last week or two. Uh, it's been an exhausting, exhausting time. But I've also felt profound gratitude for so much support from so many different people. In particular, I'm grateful for help with meals and for people who have made unexpected donations from out of nowhere, which I wasn't expecting. And in some ways, I feel I've never been so blessed in my life. I'm learning so much about gratitude. You know, just... And then the, he said, and he just mentions how, how sad he is that he doesn't have enough energy to write thank you notes to everybody. <laughs> you know, I mean, just this, you know, such a heartful... Such a deep, heartful connection. So this is, it's not dependent, this gratitude, this open-heartedness is not dependent on conditions. And you know, we've been talking so much about that. You know, that that this, um, uh, the potential, the possibility for us to return, to turn, doesn't mean that everything has to be going so well. You know? It's a different kind of turning. A different kind of turning. And when we come into retreat, it really gives us this opportunity to look and pay attention, (coughs) to slow down, to pause, to maybe look in a different way, to open up, open up our eyes, open up our heart, open up our ears, open up our body, and see what's here. See what's here, not just what's painful, you know, not just what's hard, but also you know, what, what, what gives us joy, what we feel happy about. And we might find it hard to be grateful because you know, gratitude really is uh, only one flavor of the heart, and sometimes you know, for feeling angry or we're feeling resistant or irritable or impatient, and you know, we're hearing about gratitude. You know, it's like I'm not feeling gratitude, and you know, it's really important to remember that our primary practice is mindfulness, mindfulness, awareness, and and that we, as much as possible, we bring that mindful presence, that mindful attention to just what's here without making ourselves wrong without giving ourselves a hard time and seeing if we can turn turn towards the kindness the kindness towards ourselves the 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 care towards ourselves right where we are even if we're not able to feel gratitude or we haven't felt any gratitude all day long you know, and here's more talk about gratitude. You know, it's like, you know, it's like we said, you know, like Kitty Sarah one night, if one more person mentions kindness, I'm going to scream. You know? But, you know, so, so we open to what's here. This is, this is our practice. You know, whatever it is, whatever it is. And seeing if we can turn the mind with this kindness with the kindness, the awareness. And this is what brings us right to the, the source. Right to the source again and again and again. It's not that we have to be feeling anything particular or any particular kind of way. We see if we can hold ourself and our experience just as we are, right where we are. And I, and I say that too because what I'd like us to do in this last part of the, um, our, our, our time here together is I'd like to actually offer a, a gratitude meditation so, so that we can um, uh, really come in to the experience rather than talking about gratitude, but to begin to see if we can contact and feel that place of gratitude uh, within our own heart, and our own mind. And again, if, you're, if you feel um, that it's difficult in this moment, as I'm guiding us through the, the meditation, really just witness, come into the witnessing, the mindfulness, and uh, just perhaps even hearing the words just as sounds, you know, in the room, and not forcing... Not forcing gratitude because, of course, that isn't going to work anyhow, right? So coming back into the, into the awareness and the mindfulness and just letting everything move and let it move through. Holding your experience with acceptance and kindness as much as you can. So I'd like to invite you to um, sit in a relaxed posture now. And let your mind settle into the rhythm of your breathing. Maybe even at the heart center. Just wherever you feel comfortable putting your attention now. It might be even some kind of neutral place in your body. perhaps taking some deeper breaths, breathing deeply and slowly, grounding into this present moment. And as you inhale, Breathe in all this benevolent energy that's around you. And as you exhale, allow any negativity to be released. Breathing in the goodness and releasing anything that's difficult. Become aware of your body, feeling gratitude for your body, this body that serves you. Grateful for your arms, your legs, your hands. Gratefulness for the breath that nourishes every cell in your body as you breathe. and this breath that has sustained you from the moment you were born. Open to the gratitude for the miracle of your body, despite whatever weaknesses or limitations, this body that allows you to sense the wonders of this world. And if you can, let the sense of gratitude fill your heart, and your body, and your mind. What does it feel like to be grateful? Is there a feeling of warmth in your body, or expansion in your heart? Just noticing what's here now. Feeling gratitude for your eyes that allow you to see the beauty that abounds. Colors and shapes, the thousand shades of green or blue or the face of a loved one. Gratitude for ears that enable you to hear birds singing, wind rustling in leaves, words people say to you, the laughter of children. Gratitude for your sense of smell that allows you to enjoy the fragrance of flowers or the scent of fresh air or your favorite food. For your mouth and tongue that enable you to taste the fruits of this earth. Enjoy a ripe peach or chocolate melting in your mouth. Gratitude for your skin that protects you and yet allows you to touch and sense the world and feel warmth and coolness, softness, the touch of a loved one. Feeling gratitude for your mind and for your capacity to be aware and mindful for this consciousness that allows you to perceive, to feel and be amazed. and feeling gratitude for the things you have that supports your practice in your life food shelter medicine clothing money <coughs> feeling grateful that you have what you need to be comfortable people close to you. And if there are certain people that you feel grateful for, maybe bring their name to your mind right now. Say their name. Even say their name out loud if you like. Gratitude to your parents who have given you the gift of life and to your grandparents and their parents and to their ancestors. For our teachers and spiritual guides. Those that have Given us access to the teachings, to the Buddha's teachings, and to our spiritual communities. And gratitude to Mother Earth in all her abundance and beauty. And for all of Earth's creatures. For the plants and the animals that feed us. Gratitude for oxygen that would not be here, save for the work plants and trees do in transforming our atmosphere and making it breathable. Without these plants and trees, we would not be alive today. And for the intelligence of our ecosystem that we are all part of. And gratitude for the elements that nourish and become us. For water that quenches our thirst and flows in our blood For oceans and streams, rain, billowing clouds. For the air that we breathe, that energizes our cells and allow us to speak. For spring breezes and the blue sky. the fire, of the sunlight that warms us and turns plants into food. And even for the challenges in our life, can we be grateful for those too. These challenges that act like sand that polishes the pearl that we are and helps us grow. Breathing in and breathing out with this grateful heart. And as we come to a close of this meditation, I'd like to invite you to allow a symbol to emerge that represents the experience of gratitude for you. It might be an image, a sound, a word, a felt sense, or a gesture. Something that when you you recall this in a quiet moment, it can reconnect you to the feelings of gratefulness. Allowing something to emerge spontaneously. And when you're ready, slowly and gently come back into the room. Opening your eyes, moving your toes and fingers. Returning to this moment with a grateful heart. Or because this is a Vipassana retreat, Returning to this moment wherever you are, whether there's a grateful heart or not a grateful heart. Because that is our practice, to see if we can hold that open to just what's here. Without putting pressure on ourselves to be a certain way but yet at the same time understanding that we can turn we can turn you know as Emmer- emerson says what's life but an angle of vision At any moment there's this opportunity for us just to look and see what's here what's here and that warms the heart that nourishes the heart, that opens, that returns us back to the source, returns us back to the ground of our being, the ground of awareness, this great turning, this great return. So each day, if it feels helpful to you, you can take this on, you know, just each day. Just taking a moment or two, or maybe a few more, and just... You know, if you ask, today, what is it that I feel grateful for? You know, just a simple, a simple practice for us. You know, to help us turn, turn the mind back to its wholeness, back to its goodness. Thank you. So we have some time this next half hour or so for those of you who would like to come back and uh, join us for another sitting.